0: Hi I'm Stuart Spinks and welcome to episode 202 of my podcast Beekeeping Short and Sweet. The month of March always brings a sense of anticipation. Warmer days, shorter nights and bees out flying. But wait there are still a few more weeks to go until we're out of the cold and can start to get back into the beehives. I'm delighted to say that our podcast is now sponsored in part by Simon the Beekeeper. Making beekeeping an affordable hobby for everyone, Simon the Beekeeper provides the best value beekeeping equipment possible along with a super fast delivery service. The bees won't wait so their customers don't have to either. Visit the website at www.simonthebeekeeper.co.uk Hi, everyone, Welcome to the podcast. My weekly take on the beekeeping season and where I'm at with my Norfolk Honey Company. I hope you're all well. It's been an interesting week with lots happening as always, and the weather seems to be on the change with some milder days heading across parts of the u k from the Atlantic. Certainly, here in East Anglia, it's looking set for a couple of weeks of spring-like weather temperatures heading into double figures and apart from a brief spell of showery rain this week and over the weekend it does look set to be fairly dry. How long before we start to complain we need some rain I think but for now I think the weather gods have accepted my offerings and are willing to play ball at least for the short term. That doesn't mean we can rush out and get the bee suits on and the smoker lit. There are still plenty of weeks to go until the regular inspections begin, and there are plenty of good reasons why you shouldn't really inspect as yet, but also some potential reasons why you should pop the roof off and have a look. For the beginner beekeeper, it all sounds somewhat confusing there will be a host of more experienced beekeepers out there offering up their spring routines which may or may not include inspections and a lot of conflicting advice no doubt some of which may come from me but let me chip in with my thoughts have a listen and think about how it reflects on your beekeeping and overwintering hives and maybe you'll take a view that you can leave your bees for a few more weeks or you'll think actually I do need to take a quick look also today, and changing the subject a little, I've got an update for you on the new hive lift from Cap to Lift, plans to sort a couple of apiaries for the new season, and news about a change to the podcast release day. But first, back to the subject of early spring inspections, why you shouldn't do it, and actually why you might need to do it. If you're just starting your second year of beekeeping and you've got flying bees coming out of your hive during the warmer part of the day, well, congratulations. Almost. We're nearly through the long drag of autumn and winter, days that you can't get into the hive and just see what's going on. At times it can be really frustrating, especially for anyone having just started in the previous year. I do know that feeling. You just can't wait to get back into the beehive and see what's going on. I remember those first years oh so well. When I first got started in beekeeping, we lived in a terraced house here in Norwich. I haven't travelled very far, really, have I? In fact, I now live less than a mile from that house. The garden was barely 20 yards long and it had an old wooden shed at the bottom of the garden. It must have been 50 years old at least and that was before we moved in. And the previous owner was something of a woodworking buff. There were a few old hand tools left behind and some planks of wood ready to be turned into something useful. But the overriding memory I have of this shed, apart from the vibrant green paint on the outside, is the smell. When I first moved in, it was of very old creosote, that distilled tar type product that was used for preserving pretty much anything wooden in the garden. A strong smell when first used but mellowing into an altogether softer, less pungent smell. Quite pleasant actually and having kept bees in the back garden for a few years the smell of the shed changed from just that trip down memory lane to an altogether more beekeeping aroma. That of scorched and scraped propolis and beeswax I can almost smell that old shed now. I wonder if it's still there. Anyway, I had just three beehives at the bottom of the garden, just outside the shed, and I could watch them through the windows as I cleaned boxes, made up frames, and planned my year. A delightful March morning, with the sun on the hives, would see bees slowly emerge to head off on cleansing flights, foragers hitting the garden plants, and around lunchtime, workers performing their orientation flights, dancing at the entrance in preparation for more distant flights in the days to come. That entire memory is what gets me excited for the new beekeeping season, even after all these years. Obviously, it doesn't take long to get enough kit ready for three beehives, but somehow I'd managed to find plenty of reasons to sit quietly in the shed, watching the bees heading out of the hive fond memories indeed. But there always came a point at which I started to think I should maybe carry out a first inspection of the year. The challenge in those days was I really didn't have a mentor or support network, no internet or YouTube to refer to, and it was all trial by error as it turned out, learning as you go along. And there's nothing wrong with that, but if there's someone helping who's already made those mistakes, it would have moved my beekeeping knowledge along at a much faster pace. I came to understand that as long as it wasn't too cold and I wasn't in the hive for too long, I could pretty much inspect any time in March around lunchtime. What I didn't realise at the time was having a purpose to get into the hive is possibly the most important thing. Inspections for the sake of inspections are fine if you're a beginner and it's the height of the summer, you can take all the time in the world. But in early spring, with little knowledge of what I was doing and clumsy fingers, meant the hives were open way too long and I probably did more damage than good. So to get to the point, here's a little checklist of do's and don'ts for early spring inspection. If you plan to inspect your beehive, have a really good reason for doing so. This could be that you're not seeing any bees flying from the hive when others are out and about. Sometimes that can simply be down to the type of bees that you have. It doesn't need an inspection, just a quick look under the roof, spot the live bees moving around and pop the roof back on, job done. I've done that many times this winter. Perhaps the hive feels really light and you want to assess food stores. I would work from the outside frames check what food there is. If necessary, move a frame of food next to the active seam of bees and close them up again. No need to go through the entire brood area. And if you're feeling concerned, swap sides and do the same from the other side of the brood box so there are two frames with food close to the active seams of bees. Maybe you've seen drones. You're worried it may be a drone laying queen. In this case, work quickly to the brood nest area and look for worker brood. It might just be that the colony is keen to get its drones out early for any spring mating flights that occur, or you may find the colony has in fact become unviable due to a drone laying queen. This is a queen who for several reasons can no longer fertilise eggs and thus can only produce drones. Remember, workers are produced from fertilised eggs, drones from unfertilized eggs. If this is new to you, grab a book and check out the basics again to remind yourself of how the colony works before the season really gets underway. At this time of year there are not many reasons you need to inspect a colony at all and as I said you could be doing more harm than good. One of the main reasons for not inspecting the colony is you could spend too much time working through that you cause brood to become chilled and die and at this point of the year every single developing larvae is precious. The colony will have gradually dwindled through the winter months, becoming smaller and smaller, putting more pressure on the surviving adult workers to maintain the correct brood temperature, feed the developing larvae, and carry out all of the other tasks that need to be completed at this time of the year. If you go in and split the frames wide open, the temperature inside the colony is going to fall rapidly, and the workers will have yet more pressure to warm it back up again. There's also some evidence that early spring inspections can have a negative impact on colonies by allowing chalk brood to take hold. The cold and damp that circulates through the hive during these inspections somehow triggers chalk brood into life and it can quickly become overwhelming for some colonies. I've done it myself, so just take care and try to be patient. If you do inspect and you do find a problem, there's not really a great deal you can do about it at this time of the year either. Requeening isn't really an option. If you find a serious problem, there's not much to be done either. If I can offer up a little bit of advice, it would be to just wait a little longer. I suspect I'll wait another couple of weeks at least, probably looking at the forecast for early April and then starting to think about checking some of the colonies. Spring inspections are really important but timing is possibly more important. It's a great time to check for disease. Smaller colonies allow more thorough inspections of the brood frames and I'll show you how to carry out these disease inspections in a video once we start to get into the hives. Marking and clipping queens is another good reason for early inspections but not in March, certainly not for me. All it takes is one small loss of concentration And the queen is damaged or killed with no way of replacing her yet. I'm not going to take that risk, and I suggest that you delay as well. We have plenty of time to come, and then, of course, it will be a race to get round all of our colonies before the weather really warms up and we start to see signs of swarming. But more of that subject in the coming weeks. Before I go today, I have a couple of other topics to share with you. Firstly, I wanted to let you know. I'm going to be moving the publishing day of the podcast to Sundays, probably from next week. That's if I can get myself organised. The plan is to have a little more help during the week, and up to now, I've normally spent Thursdays in the office doing admin and the podcast. With extra help on a Thursday, it makes sense to get out and be busy with the bees rather than be in the office. So do look out for that switch soon. I'm currently finalising my queen rearing plans for the coming year too. I spend way too much cash on buying in queens and my own queen rearing with locally adapted colonies has suffered as a result, especially last year. I need to become more self-sufficient and with that in mind I'll have some announcements to make in due course. I've also recruited some additional queen rearing helpers who I hope will gain some valuable experience and skills in queen rearing and at the same time, help me regain control of my setup. Again, more about that in due course. Turning to yet another subject, I spent a day getting to grips with the new Lift all-wheel drive Hive lift last week, and I'm feeling very happy with my purchase. I shifted a decent amount of kit, all empty boxes at this point, but it didn't take long to get a feel for how the lift works. To give you an example, I was able to lift and move 11 national supers, albeit they were empty, but 11 supers at once from a stack to the trailer, no strain on my back. And I finished the day having emptied this particular apiary of a lot of boxes. And whilst it did drain the battery, I was a little overly cautious about how far to push it because I didn't have any help to lift the hive lift back onto the truck. So I needed to save some battery power to get it on and off back at the unit in order to get it recharged which I successfully did alone. The lift does weigh a lot and at one point I was a little worried that it might have fallen off the back of the truck as I was lifting it but with a super clamp tight to the lifting mechanism it worked out just fine. I'm going to need a lot more practice before I feel confident with it but short of buying an easy loader type of truck mounted lift for many more thousands of pounds I think this will be up there alongside the api melter as one of the best bits of kit I've ever bought. Let's hope I haven't hexed the whole operation by saying that, but I am hopeful. Finally, now's a good time to get out and sort a few of the apiaries, if you haven't done so already. We have brambles that need cutting back, grass that needs cutting and strimming, and with colonies still tucked up inside hives early in the morning, it gives a window of opportunity to get out and clean everything up before things get really busy. So that's going to be one of my jobs for the week. Apiary cleanup, of course more foundation into frames, boxes moved and I might just fit in a spare moment to clean my smokers ready for the off. Well that's it for this week, I'll catch up with you all again next time and remember I'm Stuart Spinks and that was beekeeping short and sweet.